Welcome back, everyone. It is uh, that time once again, uh, and that time is time for another episode of the Grunge Bible Podcast. This is episode number 83. Coming to you, my name is Chris Salona, and Ethan Shalloway, as usual, is sitting here with me. Ethan, what is going on? Nothing much, Chris. Just another week, uh, mid-October, uh, blue October. It's been a blue October. <laughs> and, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm just, I'm just tired. Been working a lot. Been yeah. training hard. Um, you know, went to a concert on Tuesday. Saw the Front Bottoms again, which is great. I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, weekend was full of activities because everybody likes, it's a beautiful time. You know, football's going, so everybody likes to get together. So yeah. just been burning the candle at both ends. As they say, just kind of, just kind of go, 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 in good way. Like I feel, I mean, it's just we're just grinding. It feels great, but absolutely. How about you? How are you today? Yeah, man, I'm I'm tired, and I'm tired of being tired. Uh, this week has kicked my ass, not not in a negative way, just in a in a fatigue way. Um, this is Thursday, the twentieth of October. This episode comes out on Monday, the twenty fourth of October. And similar to you, we've we've charted similar paths the last seven days. Uh, I went to a concert uh, Saturday night. I saw the Wonder Years for the second time, uh, which uh, we'll discuss at a later point. But yeah, this week's been tough. Training hard, uh, working hard, and uh, now today, podcasting hard. Yep, it's a cycle, man. It's a yeah. cycle. The big it's wheel good. keeps on turning. So hopefully, um, you know, hopefully the internet stays intact and this one could be a smooth, uh, smooth sailing. I would sailing. love that. Yeah, yeah we that can just kind of knock it out. We're pretty excited. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't be able to do this without the help of our producer, Drew McFadden. So shout out to Drew. Yes, thank, thank you for Drew. working with us. And also, we would not be doing this without our lovely League of Patrons. Over on the Patreon, we have uh, actually somebody recently joined in the last week, which is yeah, we did. amazing. That's it broke our knew. it broke our cold streak of yeah, about we had a like dry six spell going weeks. For a long time, but it's okay because Cammy decided to step up at the two dollar level. Yes, uh, and and we welcome Cammy into the legion of patrons that we have here. So two, five, or ten, uh, it all it all helps and it all keeps this thing going. Uh, many, many weeks into this little project. So Cammy joins a great list of patrons. Uh, we have 46 at this current point uh, at right now. Uh, and of those 46, we do have some that we like to thank each and every week. Those are our top-level Patreon supporters. So I would love to thank Captain Hightop, Black Hole Sean, Doug Endy, Jade Mercado, Marianne, Nikki Six, Release, Millie, Laura Nyreen, Chris LSMS, Faith Bittner, Sonny Mashburn, Alexis Shannon, Fuck Soup, Rachel Corning, Darian Riddle, Alex Long, Jamie Lynn, What the Fuck's Up Denny's, our number one fan from Australia, Wayne Staley, Carlene Salona, Seattle 4 fanboy from New Jersey, Fresh Tendonitis, Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce, Shoe the Shoeless, I Hate Your Mom, Kara Kay, Brother Nature, Kitty Cooper, and the Blue Owl. So thank you to each and every one of you for continuing to be sustaining members of the Grunge Bible um, League of Fellowship. Uh, that that sounds like a good good <laughs> title for that, the League of Fellowship. So, yeah, man, that's that's the way it shakes down uh, here today in October. Yeah, we're very happy to have support. Um, yeah, it keeps us going week to week. I can honestly say that if it wasn't for them. Yeah, uh, and here's the thing: each week, sometimes in a given week, there's more that keeps us going. Um, but at the very least, when there's nothing else that keeps us going, we have 46 people that keep us going. So mm -hmm. that's a good support tank. And I, I think this week it kind of, uh, there are 46 things keeping us going. <laughs> there's not much else right now. <laughs> oh man. I hate when we sound so down, um, yeah, about, about in certain things because yeah. we do, we do love it. I'm, I'm, that's I'm always, yeah, I always, I love thinking that, um, you know, people really do look forward to you know, downloading this on Monday to start off their week. Yeah. I have I have podcasts that I listen to, you know, uh, religiously. So it makes my heart happy. I'm happy that we can be that for somebody. So if you're listening right now um, and this is your first time and you're like, what the hell are these guys first doing? Timer. Give us a good give us a good fighter's chance to go back and listen to some old episodes, pick and choose. And yeah. uh, we'll be back next week because we always are. Um, Absolutely. So, we don't miss. No, we definitely don't. So with that being said, 
let's get into the episode. Yeah, let's let's get into it. So uh, episode 83, um, it coincides pretty nicely. At, by the time this comes out, it'll have happened a few days ago. But uh, Pearl Jam's second studio album, Versus, uh, recently celebrated a birthday uh, on October the 19th. Um, this episode celebrated its 29th birthday, so it came out on the 19th of October in 1993, and uh, we figured there's no better time than now than to get into some verses, and uh, mm-hmm. I know this one has some some crowd pleasers on it. It's got some personal favorites of ours. It's got some deep cuts, and it's got a lot of songs that make you think, so really, really excited to kind of chat about that today. Um, one of those albums, Ethan, that when we were talking about doing this for an episode, I had to double check. I was like, I'm pretty sure we already did this, but it turns out we haven't. And I'm really excited that we haven't because um, this is a great album. It was one of the first CDs that I got for my first car that I owned. So played it a lot, um, have a lot of memories with this album uh, and with a lot of songs on here. And there's certainly a few on here that we've spoken about quite a lot on this show and uh, Mm -hmm. might as well do it again. So yeah, what... Yeah, I was gonna say just under an hour long for the whole thing. It's like yep. right, like fifty nine minutes and forty seven seconds is what the perfect size. Spotify. So it's perfect. I love I love an, an hour an album, uh, yep. fifteen songs. It's that's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's really Very good. Nice. And and there really are. I mean, there's there's not many. There's no misses on this album. They're no. all really they're all really solid. I remember when we did uh, you know, a top ten. We did a top ten list of our favorite Pearl Jam songs and. A lot came from ten, but a lot also came from this album. Um, yeah. It seemed like you could you could pick a top ten um, with just this album if you really wanted to, and and people wouldn't really, you know, they wouldn't question it all that much because there are some really strong songs on here. And I mean, you know, comp- this is their second album, coming off of a lot of touring and the big all of the press for 10 and you know them exploding so uh this was a tough album you know this is i feel like this this sophomore album is a tough one to really deliver correctly and no doubt pearl jam did exactly that they delivered a great second album they kept it they kept it hot you know what i mean and this is i mean it's really hot yeah this is classic pearl jam for me i mean this is like i'm Mm -hmm. going through it i'm like this is classic mccready i mean this is classic guitar you know jams and it's classic ed you have you have everything you have him kind of you know even you know how people make jokes of him the way that he sings like you know a lot of the songs here is like hallmark eddie vetter yeah Yeah. you know this is hallmark this is like (laughs) this is what you see on the commercials and stuff and um you know i I wish of course like i wish that i was there when it dropped i wish that it was like it was totally brand new music and i got to hear it like with because it would have i would have loved it you know i mean like i really would it would have been so cool oh man i hate i hate saying that about shit because we're not we weren't born then but we're just a bunch of hacks over here but sometimes when i can it's so funny when i can put myself if i'm in the right mindset because sometimes you just say like ah man like i wish i I wish i could have seen them but then sometimes i really put myself in the position like all right like you know, these guys are 20-some years old. I'm 20-some years old, and I picture myself on stage, picture them on stage, and I try to really imagine, like, seeing a young Eddie Vedder and seeing, hearing yes. these songs for the first time and really, like, actually, you know, doing an exercise like that. And I'm like, yeah. damn, like, that actually would have been it's weird to think really about. fucking cool. Yeah, and it's crazy how, how long ago it was now. So I posted uh, on the anniversary, I posted the album cover, and I wanted, you know, I wanted to see what people's memories were. And a lot of people had great memories. And somebody said, you know, whatever happened to this intensity uh, when they would play these songs around this time? I was like, well, 30 years happened. I mean, you're going to be in your late 50s as opposed to your mid to late 20s. There's a lot... A lot that happens, but going back to what you said about it being the sophomore album and the pressure that was on them, I mean, I don't think there's any greater point of career pressure for musicians and for bands than after that first big album to follow it up because now you've been introduced to an international audience and you have millions of fans that are expecting something. With And when your name is on that something after they know you for that first big thing, you have to deliver. And you know the pressure, you know, Ed and the whole band really has spoken about the pressure that was on them at this time. And um, you know, it's kind of one of those things that proves that adage to be true, you know, from pressure comes the diamonds. And, and this one is really, really fantastic. It's got to be, I think 10 is always my favorite because it's the first, but you know, if it's not 10, it's got to be verses. And 
it's just it's it's so diverse because it's such a Pearl Jam record and it's such a follow-up from 10 but they introduced a lot of different elements to it i mean you have your first big presence of acoustic guitar you have a new drummer in dave abrazis um mm-hmm. you have uh different musical influences and you have for the first time you know all five members of the band um getting getting uh writing credits on this and it wasn't just stone and jeff bringing stuff in you know they were jamming a song at a time and creating music that way and it's really it's really just a holistic effort and it's very complete yeah yeah it's so complete it's got a little bit of everything i love you know you have you have some elements of funk on this record you have i mean the and and obviously ethan being a drummer yourself i mean this album is just a drummer's delight in, Mm -hmm. in the in the talent and the ability and the creativity that's on display here i think with along with every other Pearl Jam fan on the planet, that's the first thing I think of. And right, right from the get go, with um, you know the first couple of songs. And um, Ethan, I have I have one good caveat and, and background piece to share about the recording of this awesome. album that I think you haven't had this. Haven't had haven't had uh, a good yeah. This is this is the first PJ proper, story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a good recording story. You had a few of those back in the early episodes. So this is good. What do we got, Chris? Yeah. So, um, well, this is the first album that they worked with Brendan O'Brien on, and they've done right. countless things with him. First one for Dave Abrazis as well. Like I said, it was the first one that Stone and Jeff just weren't coming in with finished songs and they were working right. out the arrangements that, you know, most of the songs were born out of jam sessions. But my favorite thing is the way that this album was recorded. A lot of times the songs would be, the music would be finished or damn near finished. It'd be well along and Eddie would come in to write the lyrics. But um, the, the the record label put the band up uh, in Nicasio, California to, uh, mm-hmm. to create this record. A little bit different than their, you know, Seattle digs and... Um, Eddie Vedder has said before, you know, especially at the time, how hard it was for him to make an intense record and to access the parts of his mind that he needed to to write for this record. So he got in the habit during the recording of this record, he would drive his pickup truck to San Francisco and sleep in his pickup truck rather than stay um Wow. Rather than stay, uh, you know, at the compound with the rest of the band. And and that's just like a classic instance of, I think, a young Eddie Vedder where just he approached it with such intensity and every little thing seemed to matter so much to him at the time. Um, and that's just, it's always one of my favorite Ed stories. It's like, fuck this man. He's like, I can't get into the mindset to write about what I need to write about. I can't, I can't do this music justice, you know, in this environment. I got to get out of here. So he hops in the pickup and he roughs it for a little bit. So I always thought that was really cool. Um, and yeah, just, just the way this record was written. Um, I think you really see a lot of the, um, the band as a whole find its stride here a little bit where people are able to collaborate and in real time, work out ideas and work together. And, um, I think Stone and Mike, uh, you know, the guitar brothers here, um, this album is, I think, the beginning of their creative union where they're just, you know, layering rhythm and lead right on top of one another in such a cohesive way. And and Jeff's great on, mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's great on this one. It's really, really awesome. Um, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I think the chemistry of the band comes through a ton for this album. And you yeah. make a lot of good points. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... Um, it was their first full project and full, you know, delivery in, um, you know, a product. And I think that's, that's something that they were really, they were still really, you know, set on producing. Not that they aren't, you know, not that later albums aren't or something, but they were, it was still such a um, desire to have a complete stuff all the way down to, you know, how they packaged it and how they, you know, the, what was the, yeah. the lyrics and the, and the, the picture, you know, the album cover and stuff, and there's a good good story mm-hmm. behind that, and so I think I I, yeah. I really do like thinking of it as like it's almost yeah it's almost the it feels like the first the band's first album uh, you know what I mean the first album is yeah was because what it, it was. wasn't just like s- right Stone and Jeff great, Enterprises it's a great hiring yeah a singer. exactly exactly it's not like you know the Foo Fighters first album was all Dave Grohl you know what I mean? right exactly it's like the it's first not, collaboration really... where they can everybody probably felt really um they're just you know super involved and super integrated yeah, in a certain it's way it's not there's no there's no more mother love bone demos that get reworked and there's no there's none of that it's you know they're walking in here with with ideas and they work them out together and they create them together which is really cool and you know just as we get into the track list it starts with go mm-hmm. and i think this is such a great um 
uh, introduction for what Dave Aberzis yeah. does on this record. But it's funny because I always forget about I Go too, yeah. because for me, the second track, mm-hmm. Animal, is like in my mind, like if Go is like the soft launch of like, hey, like we're open and we're ready to go, but like no one knows it yet. Like Animal is like one of Pearl Jam's just greatest rock hard rock as fuck bangers that they've that they've ever created and you know it's got the it's got the lyrics five Mm -hmm. against one which which was going to be the title of the album and just the drumming the rhythm and like i said earlier stone and mike just um you know showing us you know in these first couple of tracks but especially animal just getting ready to show us exactly what they can do um together now that they've known each other for a little bit they've played a lot together after the tours and um, man, it, this, you got to buckle in as soon as animal comes on, I think, because yeah, and those two songs, you know, the rest of the, rest those of two the songs go so well together to going right from, uh, yeah. go to animal. It's just, a, it really is some high energy kind of picking up, picking mm-hmm. up where they left off, um, from 10 and, um, but doing it a little differently, like you said, and just, this is th- those two, two songs are like live performances are some of you know they're just quintessential you know pearl gem stuff you know you go to like i said you get you get the Mm -hmm. eddie vetter kind of like rambling singing and then you got the you got the everything kind of mutes down and the bands playing the playing the riffs and playing behind the the drums Mm -hmm. the drums and they they just kind of go yeah and uh no pun intended so yeah these this is a great (laughs) great first two songs yeah, it's 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 a hell of a way to go. And and one another theme I think on the record um is I think if there's one thing that Eddie Vedder has always been as a lyricist, he's always been very ambitious with the subject matter that he covers. Um and you know, with 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 the 10 record, a lot of it, it kind of was I think coming from a place of introspection whereas a lot of um a lot of verses it seems to come from a you know, a point of of his perspective looking out at everybody else and looking out at the way um, he's treated now that he's mm-hmm. famous and just the, the conditions of society. And, you know, we'll get to some of those songs in a little bit. Um, but after Animal, we go into the first oh, yeah. ever acoustic driven song from Pearl Jam, which is The Mighty Daughter. Um, this one has become a, a you know a crowd pleaser for many, many years. And it's a great song. Um, <laughs> funny, funny part about this song. Um, Mike McCready has said before that of all of the solos that he's done for Pearl Jam, this one was the hardest one for him to get down and for him mm. to learn. Um, and there's a great, there's a great performance of, I forget which late night show he was on, but they played daughter. It might've been Letterman. And, and I guess Mike McCready was drinking at the time. Um, I think this was before one of his rehab stints and he's just like blacked out drunk, just like hammering daughter, but like, he doesn't miss a <laughs> note, but Ethan, do you like this song? I feel like this one, this is like one of those songs that everybody knows from Pearl Jam that it's kind of become yeah. a cliche. Like, Oh, yep, this is kind of know. the meme um, uh, song song for them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I mean, the subject matter of like the, you know, abusive family and everything, I always, people it's, never realize that yeah. like a lot of the songs yeah a lot of the songs that become memes like have very serious uh background behind them like even flow obviously and alive i mean there's some serious shit going on but yeah daughter daughter's yeah, this always one was been like the, um, i think that this is probably the first pearl gem song i heard to be honest i think this was i think this was my yeah. intro into it and um i really i mean i, I really liked it for a long time we always had a joke because um, in the family, we used to call call each other uh, dullards, like when you do something, you know, dumb. And that was yes. like, just a funny word, and the cousins yep. called it. And, Don't call and me it dullard. sounds like he's saying that, and it comes on the radio, and it was always a joke <laughs> because that was like our the family joke and stuff. Don't call. But then we, you know, laugh at it with Eddie Vanderdyke. Don't call me dullard. <laughs> and right. And for yeah. the longest time, I feel like I didn't even realized that he was saying daughter because for a while i mean it really sounded like he was saying dullard <laughs> oh that's that's the way it goes with yeah. any better his delivery as we know um yeah that's that's funny yeah daughter's one of those songs that when you first get into pearl jam i feel like i loved mm-hmm. it and it served its purpose for me for a while but i i don't i don't know it's it got to be like um i mean it's a radio it's a radio song where you pop on the radio and it comes on mm-hmm. you and, the radio oh, loves yeah, this and you're one. just like all right like I'll I'll sing some I'll sing yep. some better. Yeah, I'll, I'll sing with Eddie today, yep. and you breakfast table in an otherwise you, empty yeah, you, room. You enjoy yeah, it. I enjoy it when it comes on, but I haven't put it on a playlist or anything in a long time. That's for sure. Yeah, but it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yes. So we move on to the fourth track, which is Glorified G. And this is, I mean, they're just bringing the funk on this one. And I think my first playthrough for for this album is a few songs that I didn't really get the meaning behind and, you know, wasn't conscious of it. Glorified G was certainly one of them, obviously, as, as most of us know, a commentary on gun culture in the United States and um, the good background behind it. But, you know, the lyric got a gun fact I got to that's okay, man, because I love God. That's kind of the precursor, I think, to um, a lot of what he talks about in Do the Evolution, which I know is your favorite Pearl oh, yeah, Jam song you know, from later on in the decade. But I mean, the drumming on this one and just the funk that they bring, um, it's, it sounds so different sonically than what we're used to for Pearl Jam. And I think this is really the first time, um, you know, from all of the studio, the studio tracks on 10, you know, in the first couple of tracks on Versus, Glorified G is the first one that I think sounds markedly different Um what are your thoughts on on, on on the music for this one? And then I have a story uh, to share on the meaning mm. and the lyrics behind it. Yeah, that. this one is, this one, I remember you showed me actually this song. We brought attention to it and I remember listening to it. And um, I, I love the um, instrumental side of this song. I mean, and the lyrics too. It's so, it is really fun. There's a lot of space to kind of like, kind of nod your head and dance and jam and, and whatnot. And um Mm-hmm. you know the chorus is very catchy and obviously so yeah this one this one's a really this one's a really fun one for me it, it does sound it's just a different space for pearl jam that i really enjoy i like when they do kind of this funky and kind of kind of interlude yes. jamming um or yeah just like the mm-hmm. riffs like they like i said there's more space i really i really like when they do that yeah. so this is a good one for me mm-hmm. i enjoy it yeah it's, it's great that you say that too, just kind of like describing the music as like a fun one, because I can't help but think of this in the same light that I think of uh, a song like Today by the Smashing Pumpkins, where the music and the lyrics are, are fairly at odds with one another. I mean, taking on in this song, for example, a, a heavy, uh, you know, topic such as, you know, gun culture and, and uh, you know, ownership of, of firearms and everything. And, and the age old story was that uh, you know, this song was one of the points of contention that Pearl Jam had and Ed had with Dave Abrazis, the drummer, and the old urban legend that he came in the studio and he, he told the band that he got a gun and he was like, in fact, I bought two. Um, so interesting point. Um, back earlier this year when the, um, the Uvalde school massacre happened, um, I happened to post the lyrics to this song um, on the Instagram and on the Facebook pages. And Dave Abrazis actually commented on it and he said, I'll read his comment here. Um, He said, quote, This fucking song was not written about me loving guns. It was based loosely on a conversation that started with a question as to the fact that I had purchased two twenty-two caliber rifles for having while camping up in the wilderness. I don't glorify guns and presently do not own any guns. The line, always keep it loaded, was a statement from Jeff Amon's father to Jeff. To be associated with the idiocy, cowardice, and hatred behind people shooting people is sickening. So... Um, really interesting because I think a lot of people, including myself, have gotten that story wrong over the years. And for, uh, you know, for him to comment on it, on something that we posted, I I thought at the time was, was really interesting. Mm. Um, and I think it's really important to share because I think, um, you know, depending on your views, you either, you know, vilify Dave, um, or you vilify the band for kicking out Dave because of his views. But I mean, from, from Dave himself, it kind of talks about that's really not how it was, but um, that's yeah, cool. I remember when he posted that. I was like, oh, shit. Right. Like, that's awesome. That's awesome that crazy. he posted that and kind of said, that's, such, that's so yeah. tough. Because I'm sure, I'm sure it must have worn on him for a while because well, I mean, you, you got people, people that, you know, people are shitty on the yeah, internet. Yeah, and they're too, not going to see or hear maybe, you know, that voice, that side. Because, like, I mean, history right. is, yeah, that stuff, that, I feel like, you know, that's such a tough thing to go back, like, to go back and correct the story or like what you know what i mean whatever it's whatever how people yeah. view it. once yeah, it's a part exactly. of lore it's like oh like dave was buying 30 yeah, rifles there's nothing and bringing you can, them into pearl there's jam nothing practice you can do. exactly so right. that that is really interesting yeah, that's a good exactly um yeah interesting caveat that he brought but yeah this this song is always um yeah just the way like i said with ed being ambitious with how he writes his lyrics i think um He's very satirical um, with the way that he approaches a lot of social issues. And we see that with Glorified G. Um, we certainly see that with Rats later on in the <laughs> record. So, um, yeah, I've always appreciated the way that he writes about social issues where it's like one of those things where 
Uh, if you're not listening, you might not catch it, so you might not get it, so you might not understand what he's talking about. But um, yeah, Glorified G, great, great track, makes you think, and, and like you said, kind of gets you grooving. But the main attraction, the as Holy far as I'm Grail. concerned on this record, is the fifth track, The Holy Grail, The Mother <laughs> of God, uh, The Meat, Potatoes, and Side Dishes, whatever, is Dissident. Uh, I Best fucking song love on this the album, song. hands down. <laughs> a Dissident is here. Um this guitar, the opening guitar <laughs> saves riff, our lives. It, it saves our life. And Ethan, like behind closed doors, you and I talk about a lot of grunge and a lot of Pearl Jam just not doing it for us anymore. <laughs> this song will always fucking do it for us. It always comes through. It never lets yeah, us. Yeah, this song, this song has the staying power that uh, that yeah. people you know look for and strive to create. And uh, sometimes all you need is that you know that guitar riff to really to really kick yeah. things off. And Ed's vocal performance on this track is just unbelievable. Um, I, I just, I, I think, I think the, I think the band as a whole, but I think Ed as well as performers and as artists, they, I think they peak at this album. Um, and I, I always think on this song, the way that the lead and the rhythm guitar is layered, um, cause you get Mike with that, you know, big, big lick at the beginning, but Stone's rhythm is great. I mean, it's, it's so catchy. And when you get to the bridge where everybody's just hammering away, like it kind of makes you float, it makes you feel like you're floating. And, and that's, mm-hmm. that's a feeling that I, I don't get all of the time. Uh, the first time I, I heard like the alive intro where, you know, the drum kicks in and it's starting to go, it kind of feels just like it's carrying you. Um, and I've always felt that about the, um, the bridge for, uh, for, for dissident, you know, into that just flying chorus at the end where Ed is just showing off. And, um, once yeah. again, Dave's, Dave's drumming is, uh, I would say we got to bring up the, uh, I think it was the Pearl Jam live in 93 in Vegas. Yeah, Vegas just, in 93. <laughs> dude, it's one of my favorite. I, I, I remember, uh, I don't know, you posted it, and I think I posted it as well, because it's just, it's such a, it's it's so great. It's so grainy, and he's just back there, and the sticks are just like, you know, there's they're like, it's just beautiful power, he effortless power. Yeah, that was one, that's like one of my favorite. It's just such a, it's a simple Simple beat done to perfection for this song that yeah. serves the song, as we like to say, in a yes. really great, great way. Yeah, it has the whole package. You're right. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does. Eddie does I mean, obviously an amazing job. Yeah, I mean, and, and and with the subject matter of it being talking about harboring a political prisoner, but not being able to to yeah. keep the pressure of it, and 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 you know, selling selling that person out, and you know, losing the only thing that gave your life meaning. I mean. Ed, Ed was at the crazy. He was so all have, over the place. It was so crazy. I have to, I have to ask you when when songs are written, yeah, and they have these you know really you know important or you know yeah. thought out lyrics, mm-hmm. um, and you like are talking to somebody and they're like, wow, I had no idea. Like I just listened for the music. Um, like, do you take offense when people just listen and don't listen to the music? I know you're a big lyric guy. Um, so like, does that no, does, I, like I when, when I when I listen to this album, like you know, there's so many like ways to go with the songs but usually like yeah. i'm i'm very i'm not like shallow with the lyrics at all but i don't well it's just not what you I focus c- on and i cannot like i'm just bad with words and yes. like knowing lyrics and then like even like getting the songs not getting them mixed up so like i listen to it and it's just it's always the last thing that i get to um with certain songs yeah but i know that it's really common where people have no idea so does that kind of, does that kind of rub you the wrong way when people um, don't <laughs> you know i i don't think it does um as much as i think you would like to think that it does and maybe it actually does and i'm just being idealistic no, I, I, here I, I, um no i mean i think everybody listens for different reasons and like i love lyrics i i've always i've always enjoyed literature and poetry and different things like that so i think that's kind of why i'm I'm drawn to that. I've always been fascinated with the way that people can use words to, you know, be clever, or be straightforward, or get a point across. But uh, I guess you know, a better, it's, yeah, it makes a I better get, experience for me when I right. like. I love, I love hearing the background or like why, you know, it, it helps I guess me appreciate more, it more. Uh, uh, more of the lines, what I was trying to trying to say is like when I was younger, if I were to listen to like say rap music. Mm-hmm. And my, you know, my mom would be like, you know, don't listen to that. You know, the lyrics are so bad. I was like, I don't yeah. even listen to the lyrics. I'm just listening <laughs> to the, you know, the music and the rhythm and stuff. Yeah. Like, 
Because I feel like with rap music, I, I do that a lot too. Or you listen. hundred percent. Or like when you're a kid, you're listening and you're you might be singing along or humming along to songs <laughs> that are discussing heinous things that you don't even yeah. know what they mean. I know we've all probably had that experience. I don't, I don't listen for the lyrics. I yeah, just listen for like, the music. On, I've said that so much. Depending on how old you are, like the first time you heard Lollipop by Lil Wayne or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or, yeah. It's just, we've all got that song it. where it's or Laffy Taffy by D4L. Oh, know? heck yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah, I mean. You, you like, weren't expecting to get a Laffy Taffy reference. Uh, last week I hit you with the E.E. E. Cummings and now we're going to Laffy Taffy. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it is, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever you want to do. I, I don't, I don't take offense. I just, um, I think it's part of the picture, you know, it's, mm-hmm. but people, people appreciate different things about art. So, and also I didn't write this. Like if I wrote it, maybe I'd be a little upset. Like, hello. Is what I'm talking about here, but I had nothing to do with any of this, so I, you know, I can't yeah. gatekeep it, I guess. No, no, I mean, I'm not even, yeah, kind of going there, but uh, yeah, yeah it's just funny. It's like it's also like in the weight when you listen in the weight room, and it's like you got to play songs that are, you know, clean or clean, un, you know, the clean it's like, version. It's like if you're yeah. listening, if you're, like, if you're ah, listening for four realize. letter words while you're back squatting, like you got to focus up a little <laughs> bit here, man. <laughs> Um, but kind of speaking of songs that for me being a, a, a lyrics person, um, that I, I listened to for a while and I, I didn't know what it meant. The next song WMA off the record, um, I had no idea that it was about, um, you know, uh, racism and, um, discrimination and whatnot. And I remember, uh, when I was first getting into Pearl Jam all those years ago, I saw the line, like he won the lottery when he was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, wow, like that's like a really big like i'm happy to be alive like i got chosen but you know as i learned and and certainly unfortunately i think this song has even more relevance now and you know its relevance hasn't certainly decreased which sucks um yeah it's just one of those songs that the first time i actually read the lyrics i was like holy shit like you know he's 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 writing about he's writing about this stuff and and this stuff's important and it just sucks you know a lot of these issues that people wrote about 30 years ago in ed's case or even 40 50 60 100 years ago are still prevalent but um musically this is the most unpearl jam song that we've gotten so far uh, you think you know yeah i mean it's it's got like are those bongos like what's going on in this yeah i mean this is like this has like that pearl jam like roar to it that i think like you know I what hear- it sounds like? It sounds like to me like the the intro to Once on on Ten and like the outro after release. It kind of sounds like they were like, "Hey, I liked what we were doing there. Like, let's mm-hmm. let's make a song out of that uh, musically, yeah. sonically." It's interesting though. I like it, yeah, especially I coming think, off coming. Yeah, like, like the, I said, this where is kind it's of- situated on the record is kind of kind of wild because you have it dissident into this, and then and then you have blood and rearview mirror after that. It's kind of like a nice like. Um, mm-hmm. At least for your ears, it kind of makes you sit a little bit. Yeah, yeah. This one, I mean, this is, has like just like kind of powering, kind of drum drum track in the back, and it just kind of building, yeah. just kind of kind of chaos the entire time. Like a, it's like I said, it's like a rumble and it's like a roar like the whole time. And um, yeah, I don't know. This is, I, I think this is, this is the uh, how do I say? It? This is like the. I don't want to say like the middle of, I feel like this is a perfect middle Pearl Jam album or middle track for a Pearl Jam album. Yeah. You kind of get, you kind of get these, this like, yeah, it's like that kind of sonic overload and kind of with, with Eddie, mm-hmm. like, you know, giving more or less, you know, speech or giving like, you know, a, a, t- uh, important lyrics and stuff. Commentary, over top yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, some of the lyrics like, do no wrong, so clean cut, dirty as hands, it comes right off. Jesus greets me, looks just like me. Um, you know, for people, it's always, I always appreciate whenever artists, you know, have a big following, they use it to maybe get their fans to think about things that they haven't thought about. And music has always done that for me. And I think this one uh, has probably done that for a lot of people over the years. Um, so a- after this kind of midpoint, as you said, we go into uh, we go into blood, and and on the notes for this, I just wrote in all caps, Dave. Um, mm. I think I could have put that for just about every song on this record. Um, and once again, Ed's vocal delivery on this—I mean, the screaming 
And in the intensity, I, I can see why he was sleeping in his car in San Francisco or sleeping in his truck. Um, I don't know if we would have gotten this if he was tucked away in the nice, uh, uh, <laughs> nice California compound that the, the, the label put him up in. But um, this is another one that I always forget about. I always forget about Go and I always forget about Blood. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think this one was written, you know, having a lot to do with um, how the media and everybody kind of uh, uh, uses famous people and you know it's my blood you know what's on your paper or whatever um just kind of another another you know ed you can feel him kind of almost in real time grappling with the fact that everybody in the world knows who he is and what he looks like now and that wasn't the case two years ago um so it's uh kind of wild how quick things happen and uh you Mm -hmm. know he was able to a lot of anguish in his voice yeah a lot of of anguish he like he is angry yeah a lot of stress like coming out you can see this is like yep. he's unloading yeah and and i think with the first album i feel in his voice his fight for survival and then in this one i just feel his anger so it's kind of interesting to uh to see that process uh begin and you know talking about anger and talking about anguish you know after blood we go into rearview mirror which uh you know we're all big fans of and mm-hmm. the old story i've told a few times before that they kept making Dave Abrazis record and re-record this song because he wasn't hitting hard enough. Uh, and then finally on the take, they got it right. He was so mad and just so exhausted that he threw his drumsticks against the wall and you can hear it. Uh, you mm-hmm. put headphones on because everything's better with the headphones, obviously. Oh, yeah. You put the headphones on after he hits hits that last note, he throws he throws the sticks and you can hear it. But um, if, I, if I remember correctly, I think this is the first first song that, Ed would play guitar on uh, live, and um, I don't oh, know yeah? if he. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Uh, I mean, consistently uh, for the tenor, I, I don't recall him, you know, performing with a guitar very, very much um, as as far as Pearl Jam goes. And and with Rearview Mirror, I, I think this is the one where he started to do it. Um, I'm not sure if he wrote that guitar part or not, but um, I love this song. This is the ultimate breakup song. This is just, you know, this sometimes, is sometimes. Yeah, this is a really really solid song and has such a i guess it's the bridge like i i yeah i think it's the 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 bridge is so i don't know fun like it's just such a good it it is uh, it's a really well well done song but yeah it's um, classic pearl jam where it's hitting heavy and then it slows down and there's all this like low grade chaos and then it all just comes up and you know saw things clearer once you were in my rear view mirror um and just the outro is just really incredible and whenever you see them play this live from this era i mean everybody's just playing as hard as they can just banging on their instruments which is really really always fun and always intense but yeah rearview mirror i I think it's ended up on some of our top 10 lists over the years and uh if i had to make one of those today i'm sure it would be on there as well yeah yeah it's a really it's a really good uh it's a classic project you almost got tattooed on your body right yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we saw we saw Rearview Mirror at the at the at the Fenway show. He had a tattooed on his body. Um, this is really really great. So then moving on after this, the funk comes back for Rats. Um, I love this <laughs> song. Um, I I just I just love that there's a song called Rats. Um, Jeff with the tasty bass line in the beginning, which is uh, you know, the bassist uh, hammered away. I think is a hallmark of any funk influenced. Uh, um, mm-hmm. little little thing going on here. Once again, social commentary is basically just saying like, you know, all these rats, like rats are a lot better than us. Like they don't, they don't fuck over their own people. They don't, they don't starve the poor. You know, they, they stick together. They don't sell each other out. Like they're, they're better than us, which is, yeah, it's a good, it's an interesting point and a look into Ed's headspace at the time. But yeah, I, I love this song. The song's really good. Uh, what do you, what do you think about rats? Are you, are you a rats fan? <laughs> I don't have like, the strongest opinion of this yeah. song. This one, <laughs> you are, you are, uh, you're, uh, uh, yeah, appreciatively <laughs> indifferent. <laughs> like I, I, this one, I listen to the album and I go through and I'll look back. I'm like, oh, there's this song called Rats. Like, <laughs> 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 and because uh, like, it, it has, it has like the the really, you know, your standard Pearl Jam, just driving jams mm-hmm. and and um, it's great. Great musicianship shown, of course. Like it's totally. it's always it's always well delivered. So, um, have yeah. we seen this? Did they play this live at any of the uh, shows? I don't. Were? I don't think we've seen it at okay. the two shows. No, 
we haven't seen Rats, but I know the next song we've seen both times. I think they play it at every every single show they ever do. Yeah, uh, they the have longest to. title in the Pearl Jam catalog: <laughs> "Elderly Woman Behind the Counter in a Small Town." And Ethan, this is directly in the daughter category for me. Uh, I've, yeah, I've had my fill of, of small town. Um, I, I love the I love I love the the message behind it. I love the little acoustic guitar. It's fun. When they play it live, it, uh, it's very easy to play on guitar too, which is kind of sing fun, along, big sing yeah, along. Yeah, like I just want to scream hello and everyone goes nuts. But I don't really have much else to say about this song at this point in my Pearl Jam fandom. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, if I go when we go to another Pearl Jam show, I expect to hear it. You know what I mean? Yep. I I, ex- <laughs> I expect to sing it with everybody there. Yep. <laughs> um, it's a part of the agreement as fans. So. And that would be the one time you listen to it all year, you know. <laughs> yep. I, I I do have to say I love I love the Pearl Jam the the lyric uh, I changed by not changing at all. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, that's, that's a really great good. one. Yeah. Yeah. We've that's... we've mulled over that one along a lot in the past. Oh yeah, that's a very real thing. That's like uh, the opposite of <laughs> once I finally learned the rules. <laughs> once I <laughs> learned the ropes, the ropes, they changed all the rules. <laughs> you've prayed for my downfall. You've won. Oh. Um, Man, elderly woman, what a what a banger, man! Um, it's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a good song. It's good. I have nothing yeah. bad to say about it. Um, I have a lot of good things to say about the next song, "Leash." Um, I love this song. I think the angst and the anguish and the anger yep. comes across with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Troubled souls unite. We've got ourselves tonight. I think it really captures um, the spirit of the band at the time, uh, and the spirit I think of a lot of their fans at the time. Um, this is like a very good youth anthem. Drop the leash. Mm-hmm. We are young. Everything like that. This is the one that I think maybe out of all of Pearl Jam's songs, this one feels the weirdest to me when they play it now. Um, I just I think there's some songs you might have to retire. It's like the same thing as like when the Who play Baba O'Reilly and they're all <laughs> in their late seventies and it's like teenage wasteland. We're all wasted and they go nuts. But yeah, um, <laughs> the, I, the, stu- the studio the studio track for Leash and the early performances. Um, they were, they, they, they played this at pink pop 92. So obviously, you know, my math is correct. That must've predated the, uh, the versus sessions, but, um, man, this one's, this one's great. Um, it's, I love it. My, one of my favorite parts of the song is, is the backing vocals and how Mm -hmm. they sing, they sing behind him. Get out of my fucking face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think that is such a good, you know, little small small aspect that goes a long way in this mm-hmm. song and makes it uh, takes it to the next level yeah um yeah it's a this is a fun this is a fun song to listen to if you're driving and oh, you know, yeah. yeah you just yeah, got you just really got to get pumped up yeah this has got to be one that back in 93 on the versus tour if you knew it this would have been a really fun one to sing along with you know i'm i am lost i'm no guide but i'm by your side it's probably the way a lot of i mean it's yeah. analogous to the way a lot of people in their mid twenties feel, uh, us being representatives of that at this point. But yeah, I, I like this song a lot. Um, oh yeah. And the, the final, the final, uh, <laughs> final song here on the standard issue release, uh, right. of, of this album is indifference. And this song has come on in a big way for me the last oh, few years. A sleeper. Yeah. yeah. It's a sleeper pick. I mean, it's, it's like when you're, when, I haven't spent much time with this, so maybe yeah. this is my, this is a call. Yeah, you might have to. It's like one of those things when you first, when I first became a Pearl Jam fan, like you're impressed with all the bells and whistles and like the licks and the drumming and Ed just hammering away and, you know, vocally. Um, but this one, once again, this is like the lyric lover's dream. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, I fucking love, I just love this song. I it's It, it reads like poetry to me and it's presented almost like poetry in the way that it's, uh, right. the way that it's performed. Um, I just, yeah, it's, I'll swallow poison until I grow immune. I'll scream my lungs out till it fills this room. It's just goes back to that theme on the album of like, you know, I'll do anything to, I don't know, reclaim myself or, you know, just feel comfortable with myself in the face of this onslaught of publicity and, and the passing of my old life. I don't know. I don't know what it's about, but um, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I just, Oh, bless, bless me. Hey, sorry. Sorry the, about that. Hey, we are, we are real people. This does happen sometimes <laughs> on the Grunge Bible podcast. Um, sometimes some, we're not happy. Sometimes we have allergies. <laughs> sometimes we're tired. Sometimes we're drunk. I am happy. Yeah. <laughs> you get the full gamut of the human experience here. I'm back uh, on the podcast. He's back. 
Um, a couple yeah, of I, little, yeah. Go, what you nah, go, say? I was just gonna make a dumb joke that I'm, I'm a little indifferent on this song. I need, to, I need, <laughs> oh. I need to get in on the. <laughs> How much difference does this like song make to eating you? Eating poison no, until much. I'm immune. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So that's a sweet lyric. That's something like one of those things that you know, man. I just. Why can't I think of those two lines together? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I, so I, good. Even I think of that. I think of that all the time. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, how did, oh, how did I not do that? Uh, you know, it's I just. But once again, and and like the classic, like, oh, it's so simple. But I mean, you didn't think of it, so it couldn't have been that simple. I thought you're really stupid. So I've simple, always not stupid. easy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the way it goes sometimes. And uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention some of the. Uh, the outtakes and the bonus tracks on some of the releases. Um, we've got Hold On, um, which is a great little acoustic bit, but there's also the electric version of it that I think was released on uh, Lost Dogs. Um, there's an absolute incredible instrumental track called Creedy Stomp, which yeah. Ethan, I don't know if you're familiar with the mighty Creedy <laughs> Stomp. I'm not all that familiar with it. Dude, Stomp. the first time, first time I heard this song, it was spring break, or no, it was, it was winter break, of sophomore year of college and I was at home lifting and when I was at school for 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 track lifting um we weren't allowed to listen to like you know whatever we wanted like uh, my coach just you know didn't allow us to so it's fun to go home hit some heavy lifts and I I was lifting I was hitting some heavy clean grip deadlifts at the time I was going for a PR double and Creedy Stomp came on and it got me what I needed <laughs> so I've always been a fan of the Creedy Stomp then we have um a cover of a Victoria Williams song called Crazy Mary, which I actively, I just don't like this song. Oh. I don't like it when they play it live. I don't like Crazy Mary. I'm sorry. Interesting. Well, yeah, Too many I mean, Marys have been crazy, I guess, for me to approve. No, that's not true. That's fine. Though. You're allowed to not like, you, you don't have to yeah. like every song. I don't know? have to. <laughs> song fucking sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> this ain't no 10. I hate this. <laughs> it's awful. A um, couple other songs that were recorded during this time that they shelved and revisited for Vitalogy, um, Whipping and Better Man were also, uh, you know, they, the can was kicked around. Um, additionally, one of my favorite songs, Hard to Imagine, um, was in the running to be on this record, but it was ultimately cut because they decided that there were too many kind of slower songs already mm -hmm. on the record. So this song uh, was re-recorded um, for a movie called Chicago Cab, um, that I think came out later on in the decade. Um, and then finally, uh, for Lost Dogs, the Versus version of it um, did appear on that, and much to my happiness, because I really like that. So that's the Versus story 29 years ago, on October 29. 19th, 1993. So next year, we got the 30-year anniversary. Yeah, the big 3-0, so we'll just have to repost this podcast, so right. and just dub over all the 29s and be like, 30? <laughs> 30 that's, yeah, that's, what we, that's what we pay drew for <laughs> yeah <laughs> use your voice for he's it too drew. he's gonna need a huge raise if we expect him to do that but it's good because if you want to help out with that you can become a patron two dollars five dollars or ten dollars you're not even gonna notice it leave your account i mean there's a bunch of shit that gets drawn out of my account that i don't even i don't know what it's right. for but it's like a couple bucks you know so you don't you know, it's easy to yep. support us, though. You can buy merch, too. Yeah, rent, insurance, service fees, you know, Spotify, all that. Streaming Spotify, services, yeah. um, paper subscription, whatever. <laughs> I mean, your coffee every day. This is a shitty cup of coffee. Some weeks yeah. it's shittier than others. But I think I think this is a pretty good cup of coffee this last, um, last 45 minutes that we've been going at it here. So I'm happy to share this with everybody. Um, yeah. I kind Even of got, yeah. You know what? Even when we say... That we're not feeling it. Even when I we say we're tired, this thing went even on, brother. We still deliver forty-five yeah. great minutes, and all of a sudden we're we're in there talking about blood and rats. Like I mean, exactly. we're getting, we're delivering we're down in the you know? sewers. <laughs> we're delivering. <laughs> tell you, man, we are. So come in on, there if you we're, don't we're think, doing it for you, we're yeah. Doing it for if you, you don't think we earned two dollars, then. You know, come on. Probably just come on. Stop listening to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't <laughs> know. Hundreds of hours of content, and now not two, not two Washingtons coming our way. Yeah, figure it out. <laughs> I mean, come on, figure it out. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, if you are, um, if you are unable to do either of those things, buy some merch, support the Patreon. You can leave us a nice review. Uh, we got, we've gotten a couple more stars on Spotify. We have a straight. Straight across the board, five-star rating on Spotify. I think we have about 150 ratings on there, which is great. Uh, would love to see those coming, uh, continue that. to come. Um, additionally, um, uh, on Apple Podcasts, I think we got our 70th review 
And we're at 4.8 stars because apparently we read off of Wikipedia too much, um, but we don't let let us keep that down. Ugh. We don't let that keep us down. Uh, almost got my right. words mixed up there. That would have been bad. So if you're feeling inclined, I'd love to get some more Apple Podcasts uh, reviews there because you can leave a note. You can't leave a note on Spotify yet. So go ahead, it's go crazy. to Apple Podcasts, leave us a starred review, however many stars you think we want, and, and, and let us know how we're doing. We would really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yep, and if you can't do any of that, just keep listening because just we keep do. Listening. We do a matter minimum. of yeah, and a matter of fact, we do appreciate that because yeah, we do. Um, you know, validation. No, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We need it too. Tell me I'm good. The, you know, I need the ster- I need the serotonin boost. It's really funny. Like I have some friends that'll listen to the podcast, and sometimes I forget that I know people that like actively listen. Uh, mm-hmm. So my buddy, uh, my buddy Cullen, who's a top level patron, uh, I went to a Wonder Years show with him this past week, uh, which is a preview of my song of the week. But um, I forget sometimes that like he listens frequently. I have a couple other friends from high school that do too. So he <laughs> he just randomly he texts gets- me on like a Wednesday. The podcast drops on Monday, and like Wednesday afternoon, he texts me. He's like, "You did not just make an EE e. Cummings reference on the podcast." <laughs> that's like, awesome. Hell yeah! But I mean, that's what it's all about, you know, dropping some some random jargon here and there to, you know, make people laugh. So I thought you were going to say that he got your uh, honest opinion on how the show went <laughs> the, on the wonders. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like, you didn't tell me that to my face when we were hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh um, my goodness. But yeah, we did. Uh, how was the show on Saturday? Let's, we'll give a, we both went to a concert. It's a quick so, debrief. Cause that's what yeah, we do here. So we talk absolutely. about live music. Yeah, let's debrief. So that, I'm we, gonna let, that we like. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to share a trade secret that's only for the uh, the connoisseurs because it's only the connoisseurs that are here 50 minutes into the episode. Uh, I think I've developed a new drink strategy at, uh, preparing oh, for shows. This is important. Courtesy, courtesy of my friend Cullen, top-level patron uh, that I went to the show with. So I learned, and I knew this before, but I forgot, and I was reintroduced to it this weekend. His, his strategy going to shows, before shows, he will only drink double rum and cokes oh yeah yeah so i hopped in on that and it was awesome the doubles are important so <laughs> the, the doubles are very important did you still pregame or did you or you no, still, even the no, pregame no. is a double rum and cokes yeah the pregame we slammed uh between four and six double bacardi and cokes um Oh, uh, at, a, at, a, at a little at the perfect most quintessential dive bar that was right across from the venue which was absolutely sick uh, the show was really cool we didn't we didn't really care so much about the openers uh, we were there for the wonder years and um i was definitely like in the um in like the drunk zone where you're emotional enough that if a song that affects you you're just like like that mean you're just like belting really? it out Smith. to the heavens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it was it wrong was song, awesome. wrong song. Yeah, <laughs> shit. It was great. Um, I love the Wonder Years. Um, he took me to my first Wonder Years show a year ago, and that was really the catalyst to get me into this band. And they've they've been really important to me, so I'm I'm very appreciative of that. So nice. got to do that again. And, and you know, uh, Colin's yeah, listening, so this is great. For yeah, me. he's a listener. He's gonna. I can't wait to get the text. Uh, so he's in Tuesday, the... October 25th. He'll be texted me and be like holy shit you shared the double rum and coke secret <laughs> i will yeah and i'll shout out shout out cullen thanks for getting chris into some uh into some emo rock or some yeah man i love know. that shit it's all i've been listening to the last week oh yeah it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun yeah, those concerts are so fun they, they they're so fun they really are yeah. yeah um so i saw the front bottoms again on uh yeah. tuesday which is six i, I mean that, that brings my count to like probably like six i need to actually go back and count i, I always get my the front bottom shows and the food gotta have a list i know so i mean i saw them at my this is probably my i can confidently say there's one other uh venue saturn that i really like but this yep. is iron city in birmingham it's one of the older venues and it has this um you know it has the stage and then it has the square bottom GA chamber, and then mm-hmm. there's like two steps up is a rail that goes around the whole square venue. Yeah. The you know the the bar is right there, right behind the the back, like four feet behind the um, the rail, and then there right. is an upstairs balcony that kind of goes around, and follows the same thing, um, and then a low low ceiling and whatnot. So really great, just always really good sound. And uh, I was super pumped for it because, you know, that rail that keeps the chambers separated, you know, people, people get intimidated and then they don't really, they don't really go down into the bottom all the time. They kind of, they kind of overpack the second side Mm -hmm. of it. 
Yeah, they um, don't have the gumption to get down there. Yeah, because I got there and there was a ton of people there for the opener, opener, a uh, Mobley who, you, who we've seen, and and he he was good. He did kind of the same thing where yep. it was good. It just was like it's hard to do everything by yourself. So he's just yes. he's missing a little bit, like but mm. you know, he's probably young or early into it. Uh, but then the joy formidable played, and they didn't play in their show in Boulder. Yeah, and, I'm sad uh, I missed them. Oh, dude, we got Mother Folk instead, which were they were great, but I, yeah. I was looking forward to this because you speak so highly about them. Yeah, and they're from Wales, three piece, um, and the lead singer she goes by Ritzy. It's like Rihanna and uh, something, um, but Ritzy, and she is like just a powerhouse, just like a Celtic queen. And she has this you know, beautiful accent, and she's in between songs like high pitch, and she's like talking like yeah, like it's so much uh, back in Wales, like it's so much countryside, and we just do you know we just farm and milk and do this, and you know so it's so nice to be over here, and she's like talking, and then she's like you know it's so nice to be able to play a fucking rock concert, and she's just like you know throwing in the f word here and there, and she's just like yeah. hilarious, and then they delivered like. A really, really good set. They they jam really hard, and then the final song was "Weering," which is their their best song. Um, mm-hmm. One that me and Drew tried to play back in the day, but it was really hard because it's like so intense, and yeah. it was just incredible. And then the front bottoms came on, and and it was like the third to last show on the tour. And I think I told you like it was. They just played a few different songs that I haven't heard in a while. They opened up with uh, Skeleton, which I love. They played Cough It Out, and they played mm-hmm. um, they played some awesome songs. So I was on the second layer. I was with my you know we, I bought four tickets like eight months ago, whenever the tour dropped, yeah. um, and had had two like last second fill ins. You know, people like shifting, but I ended up using all the tickets. And right. I, we were all standing back there, and I was like, you know, if when the beers come on, like I'm getting in that pit. I, I sat back. I was like, you know what? I was like, maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll experience this one from the back. You know, I'm always yeah, down there. Different perspective. But I couldn't help myself. Uh, I had to get down there, and it was so good. It, it was like, it was a perfect Tuesday concert. Like sometimes they don't go as planned. Sometimes Tuesday, you're like, ah, I didn't really, you know, that didn't really do it for me. This is perfect. So I was super happy. I was like, damn. Yeah, they awesome. still got it. They're still they're still crushing it. They're still in their you know their best, the best time. So I was yeah. I was really I was really happy. That's I could, great. I could go on. Go listen yeah. to them. Go listen to these two bands, everybody. Yeah, right on. You'll know so, what we're talking uh, about. Is um is your song of the week going to be from uh, somebody that you saw recently or or not? Um, let me see real quick. I, I probably not. I'll probably I'll probably pick something else that you know. Actually, I, I do know what song I'm gonna pick, and it's more of a band that I've been listening to. Is have, okay. have have kind of grown on me. They have a few songs that um, that I like, but I guess this is the most recent one that popped up on my Spotify. Um, but the song is "The Land Before Time Land." Mm. And it's by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. Close to Tommy Lizards. Yeah, close to Tommy Lizards. Which There's Tommy one Lizards? Rule of Tommy Lizards. Which maybe I can get into that. That'll uh, be a Patreon exclusive. That'll be I a think. Patreon exclusive, or maybe with the right guest or something, I can yeah. bring up that story. But Tommy Lizards <laughs> is a really important bar. But yeah. um, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard—they're kind of mm. this. They're this jam. They're really jammy. At least the stuff that they've been putting out. And um, at first, you know, I, there's a lot of jam bands out there, and they they can't they can't all do it for you. And um, this one's kind of kind of snuck up on me, and I've just kind of enjoyed their their jams. This song's like 13 minutes long, and um, they're just they just have a unique a way of doing it that's not so um, you know normal or a cliche jam. So right. I've been really enjoying them. This song, like you said, it's it's a long one. It's fun. You can kind of just get lost when you're, you know, cooking and cleaning or something. And um, but yeah, I, I just recommend King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard because um, I love that name too. So, but yeah, the Land Before Time Land, which is kind of it's fun great. to think about. So. Um, if if my if my quick and dirty math is correct, they've released something like 25 albums in the last like 11 years. <laughs> Is it that many? Apparently, according to Spotify, I mean it's probably Holy. not true, but I mean Spotify's lied to us before, but yeah, that's King, so King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. That's like uh, <laughs> how much wood could a wood or like the the arsonist has oddly shaped feet. <laughs> yeah, but when we do our pre-checks instead of saying how now brown cow, I'm just going to say King, King Gizzard, Gizzard and, and the, the Lizard Wizard. wizard. <laughs> I love that. That's actually really good. Yeah. 
That's really good. I like that. I'm going to have to, uh, I, I know them. I cannot for the life of me remember which song of theirs I know because it's not about that, like you said. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to take another look. It's be there, this, th- that's more for the music than the lyrics. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, we're not, I'm not going to vet King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard for their lyrical prowess. <laughs> but you never know. Maybe the time will come where yeah, it'll maybe. make sense. But you right now, just enjoy, enjoy the you, music. You just got to yeah. look at it the right way. Yeah, exactly. With the right drugs. <laughs> a, little, a little deeper this time. A little cruisy one. Absolutely. <laughs> that's great. I'm glad. I'm glad, glad that they're in the, in the fold now. Just like that. How about you, Chris? What, like are you, what have you been listening to? Yeah, we're going. To? Uh, we're going to the Wonder Years. Um, nice. From their new album uh, called "The Hum Goes On Forever," and the song um, is one of their singles that predated the album. Uh, it was released uh, in kind of the buildup, and it's called "Low Tide." Um, this is a great one. Really, really great, fun live song. Um, uh, Soupy, the the lead singer, he wrote this kind of during COVID. Um, and just kind of like how your, your world during like lockdown, it was kind of spiraling. Um, and the chorus is just him yelling, I'm growing out my hair. Cause who gives a shit? It's looking hopeless and I'm feeling desperate. I'm growing out my hair. Cause who gives a shit? Uh, and as someone who has grown out their hair before and is currently growing out their hair, mm-hmm. uh, and I've grown out my hair for different reasons. I, I love that. Um, it's just, it's such a good song. Um, and it kind of like, it's like a nice little feels like autobiographical to me of some times I went through seemingly at the same times that he wrote the song and it's the cool shit that bands can do. But yeah, man, I, I love the wonder years. They played this, uh, when I saw them, which was really nice. great. So I just got to like stand there and just scream. I'm growing yeah. on my hair. Cause who gives a shit? And it was, it was awesome. Oh, also I gotta tell you, I lost the bumble hat again at the concert. At the concert, I lost it again. And no immediately shit. somebody Lightning. gave it back to me again. Lightning I does found it strike right twice. Here. <laughs> Dude, this hat is indestructible. Nothing nothing will ever tear it down. Impenetrable for, uh, force. Yeah. Cannot so, take it away. <laughs> no, you can't. It's amazing, it, it'll, dude. It'll Lightning. ride with me forever. That's that's wild. Yeah, dude. Hats at concert. When I when I moshed, every time I mosh, I took I take my hat out one. Well, so that's I can, what I did. I, I put it on my pants again. after that. I was like, uh, can't, this can't be trusted. No, no more risks. Yeah. yeah no so uh, so your hair. So you're growing your hair out. Um, how long are you gonna go? Do you, Just are to you, prove that I have control over something. So exactly. my, my Do you want to cut myself, it? Yeah. I actually I don't really want to cut it yet. It's not long enough that I want to cut it. So I started growing it out. Um, you're not mad enough last, at it yet. Yeah, my last haircut was right before I visited you in March. So it was like seven months or something. Um, but my pack with time. myself, it turned into something where I don't I'm, I, I don't want to cut my hair until I squat 600 pounds. So mm-hmm. hopefully I squat 600 pounds at the end of this month, October 31st, um, which Halloween, but more importantly, it'll be the release date of episode 84 of the Grunge Bible podcast. Uh, but that's kind of my, my pact to myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all know which one's more important. <laughs> I can't um, wait to get to 100, so we don't need to talk about episode numbers. I know, dude. I'm fucking tired of it. <laughs> I just want um, to like not yeah. say the episode number, yeah, not be held tough. down to uh, release exactly. dates. So, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm liking having longer hair, though. Again, nice. Yeah, I've nice. been, I've been growing mine out too from um, since the last time I cut it. Yeah. Mainly because I don't want to spend money on a haircut. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, this and that. Nothing but wrong who, with saving like a couple said, dollars. Who gives a shit? So, but it's getting to the point where like. Um, just the hair on the sides, like I wear a hat for work and stuff. And now like hats are becoming like slightly, mm. they're just becoming, they don't stay on as much if like I'm doing physical, if I'm running, which I do yeah. a lot of and stuff. So all of a sudden my, it's like, you're not really good headgear, uh, mm-hmm. ability. So I'm kind of frustrated. It's like frustrating. So I want to sh- cut the sides, but I know if you do that, then you lose like, it's tough. You, you yeah. Know, you, you lose you a lot to, of your girth. All of a sudden you have to commit to that. You have to commit to that lifestyle of keeping right. the sides clean. And I don't know if yeah. I want to do that. Cause yet. that can get out of hand very quickly as we all know. So, um, <laughs> right. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to say sometimes. So I started with, um, I had like no hair on the sides and I had like a little bit of hair on the top when I started growing. So my, my, my top and the back has a little bit of a head start, but it's, it's good. I'm trying to, you know, trying to keep it to like at most like Eddie Vedder circa like 2007. So uh, nothing, not, not Eddie Vedder 92. I don't want to do that again. So, um, we'll see. I'll cut, I'll cut eventually, but I got some business under the bar to do first. So right. we'll see. Yeah. It's always good to give yourself some 
random goal to hit before you can cut your hair. So, so then yeah, at least some random can, goal that like nobody else gives a shit about. Right, but, but then you can validate when someone asks, like, why haven't you cut your hair? It's like, well, I told I'll myself. Tell you why. Not yeah. until I make nationals. That's sort of that's what I'm, I did. I'm a man of principle, clearly. So awesome. That's, that's just how it goes. What do you say uh, we close the book on this episode? Yep, I was about to say the same thing. I think that I is it. Else. We did it again. We went over an hour on an One hour episode. and five minutes. So um, if you're still listening again, thank you very much. Yeah. You mean a lot Thanks. to us. And we will be back next week, same time, same place, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we're going to bring the heat. Yeah, we are. You know where to find us. It's easy. All right, guys. Stay safe. Rock and roll. Rock and roll. Take care, everybody. <laughs>